Do you feel like your business is in a super competitive niche? Are tons of people putting out helpful content and you're feeling like you're always playing catch up or that you're never really the one being cutting edge or innovative in your space? Today, I'm going to review five ways to stay one step ahead in your space so you can stand out no matter how many other people are creating content around the same topics. And just one thing I want to mention up front. If you listen to this podcast or hang out much in my Facebook group, the Unconventional RD community on Facebook, then you know that I'm actually not a huge fan of the word competition. I believe that seeing others do the same thing in the same niche as you is actually a great indicator that the business idea is viable. It's super unrealistic to think that you should be the only person showing up as an expert in any given space. It's a great idea to reframe your thought process and embrace these other business owners in your niche as valuable peers rather than someone you're trying to one-up or do better than. So really, the point of this podcast is not to pit people against each other or try to always one-up one another, but rather to think creatively to help you become a leader in your space instead of someone who tends to just follow the trends that others are setting. So let's get into it. Welcome to the Unconventional RD Podcast, where we inspire dietitians to think outside of the traditional employment box and create their own unconventional income streams. We'll talk all things online business to help you start, grow, and scale your own digital empire. If you listen to this podcast, you probably know that I love, love, love to chat all things SEO and evergreen content creation. However, it's important to note that SEO is not the end-all be-all for everything in your business. Sometimes there are other reasons to create content outside of just Google rankings and organic traffic that will still benefit your business. For example, maybe you feel that you need to create content around a certain topic even if you have no chance of ranking for it because you feel that it is a foundational piece that needs to be on your website in order to serve your audience or establish topical authority. Or maybe there's something happening in your niche that you'd like to write an opinion piece on to share with your email list or social platforms, for example. Even though that content may never bring you Google traffic, it could still help establish you as a thought leader in your space, build a deeper emotional connection with your audience, or even get lots of social shares, which could help broaden your reach and build your audience in new ways. Or maybe there are certain pieces of content that you can create that aren't designed to rank in Google, but rather are designed to get you backlinks, things like original data or reports that you could be the source of. These are the types of exciting things that I'm going to talk about in this episode today. Extra things you can do to stand out in your niche and stay ahead of the curve. So let's dive in. Tip number one for standing out in your niche is to keep up on the trends. If you want to be on the leading edge of your niche, it's important to keep an eye on the trends that are happening in your space right now. If something new and noteworthy is happening, don't hesitate to create content around it, even if no one else in your niche has done so yet. By monitoring trends in real time, you can be a leader when a new trend emerges, rather than the 500th person to create the same type of content after it has already peaked. So what's the best way to pay attention to what's trending? There are a few strategies that I really like. The first one is to use a tool called Google Trends. Did you know that Google had a free tool that you can use to explore what's trending right now in Google search? It's pretty cool and worth poking around on. You can find it at trends.google.com. 
Once you're there, you can type in the topic of your niche and explore what the trending searches are. So we could try something super broad to start out, like if we just typed in recipes or something. If you type that into the trend search bar, you can scroll down to the bottom of the results page and on the bottom right hand side, you can see what is currently rising in search volume. So these could be emerging topics that you could write about and perhaps capture a new audience with. For example, we can see in the recipe space, the term ninja creamy recipes is currently being searched a thousand percent more than usual over the last year. So perhaps that could be a good topic to create a recipe on right now that maybe other people in your space don't have on their radar yet. So apparently ninja creamy is a brand of ice cream maker that is kind of popular right now. And generally speaking, capitalizing on new cooking trends can be a great way to get new pops of traffic if you're one of the first people to create content on it, because the competition is probably pretty low. So this appliance, the Ninja Creamy, came out about a year ago, so that makes sense that it would be tr increasing in popularity over the last year. So just to check in SEMrush, I plugged the keyword Ninja Creamy Recipes into the tool just to see what the volume and difficulty was. And they estimate that Ninja Creamy Recipes is searched 12,100 times per month and it has a keyword difficulty of 22. And in case you're not familiar with how these tools work, that is a super, super low competition score. I also Googled the keyword on my phone just to see what would come up. And it starts at the top of the page with some ads to buy the appliance. It costs around $200, it looks like. And then they show some roundup posts of Ninja Creamy recipes. Then they show a recipe carousel with some recipes that use that tool from different bloggers, some more roundups and some more regular recipe posts within the search results. And within the results, there was also a section for visual stories. So that's a hint that if you created content on this topic, it's probably worth your time to also create a Google web story as well to try and nab a spot in the visual stories carousel and get some extra traffic that way. So you can make that part of your strategy for upcoming posts, just flat out say, okay, I see this is a topic that is high search volume, low competition for regular ranking and it also has a visual story section on the first page of the search results. So I'm going to not only create the blog post, but also do a Google web story to go along with it. Uh, or on the flip side, if you didn't know about the Google web story stuff or you weren't sure how to prioritize when to make Google web stories for a post or when to not, now that you see that there is a carousel for web stories for that search term, you could go back for any posts that maybe you already published in the past that use a ninja creamy tool and you could create a web story for that now. So this is a great way to figure out what to prioritize for web stories. If a term is trending and it also has a carousel for web stories or visual stories in the search results, then that's a green light to go ahead and experiment with that and prioritize creating web stories around those topics. For a non-food example, for Google Trends, you could type in other words for your niche, like maybe wellness or something, and see what shows up trending in the chart on the bottom right. If you can find terms that have the label breakout next to them, so it'll show like either percent increase in searches or breakout, breakout means it's like a new thing that what hasn't really been around before, then that's actually a good sign that maybe that search term is still really low difficulty because it's so new. So maybe not that many people have written about it yet. So for this wellness example, I typed in wellness in the Google Trends bar and the term MCT wellness reviews was labeled as a breakout search term. 
for this over the last 12 months. And when I typed that into SEMrush, it showed that that term, MCT Wellness Reviews, is searched 5,400 times per month and only has a keyword difficulty score of 24. So again, this is another potentially really great keyword to target and an opportunity to definitely stand out if it's relevant to your niche. Of course, make sure you're only writing about stuff that's actually on topic. Don't just go crazy here and write about stuff that doesn't make sense for you just because it's trending. But yeah, the key here is to mostly look for those breakout search terms if you're hoping to rank new content in Google search, but you can also use this data to figure out what to promote out of your older content and what stuff to maybe promote with a new social media push, maybe to create a TikTok video, Google web story or whatever to go along with it. Um, You can check to see what terms are popular right now to determine what content to prioritize first. I also recommend playing around with the date range filter at the top. So by default, it's going to show you breakout and trending searches from over the last 12 months. But if you want to find stuff that's super relevant right now, especially if you are trying to use this data to figure out what to promote on other platforms or to create web stories around or stuff to send out that's very timely um, to your email list, you'll probably want to look at ideas from maybe the last week. So right now it's early November, so Thanksgiving is all the rage in the recipe space. So if you look at what is trending in the last week um, when you're just looking at recipes, it's pretty much all Thanksgiving recipes. So there was nothing really like new or noteworthy or breakout for the terms that were showing up as trending right now. Um, So I wouldn't really use any of those ideas as ways to like truly stand out in your niche and like do something different that other people haven't done yet. But it can still help you keep a pulse on what people in general want right now at this moment so that you can make sure that you're putting out content that people are actually looking for right now. Uh, So just a reminder like, oh yeah, right now is when people want to find Thanksgiving stuff. So let me write that down and remind myself like to send out some of my best Thanksgiving recipes in my email newsletter this week, et cetera, et cetera. Another way you could use this information is to use the trending topics as idea generators, but to still then do further research to find more niched subtopics that you could still have an opportunity to rank for or stand out around. So for example, if you saw that green bean casserole was trending right now and you're like, oh man, I'd love to create a green bean casserole recipe on my blog. I don't have one yet, but obviously just regular green bean casserole is way too competitive for me at this moment in time as a blogger. But, you know, maybe there's a more niched down version of green bean casserole that I could stand out with. So you could type just green bean casserole into your keyword research tool and then see if there are any longer tail keywords around that topic that you might have a chance to rank for. So, for example, I did that and I found the keyword green bean casserole without mushrooms is searched 480 times per month and has a difficulty score of 28 in SEMrush, which is a realistic range even for a newer blogger. If I type in the word nutrition and filter the trends results just to see what's been trending in the last seven days, I can see that a lot of people are searching for pomegranate nutrition right now because it's a seasonal fruit that is relevant for the moment. So that could be something if I'm looking for ideas of topics to create content on or promote as a way to connect with my audience, uh, this could be a great way to find ideas as well. And then one last fun tip is to try typing TikTok into the trend search bar and then filtering to see what's been trending over, you know, maybe the last 30 days or something. And you can even filter it down to just look at what people are searching for in various states. So... I didn't find anything interesting when I just looked at what was 
uh, trending with the word TikTok in it nationwide. But when I filtered down just to see what was trending in California over the last 30 days, I saw that the phrase TikTok cinnamon rolls was trending over the last month. And I plugged that into SEMrush and found that that phrase is searched 3,600 times per month and only has a keyword difficulty score of 30. So, you know, perhaps reviewing TikTok trending topics on your blog or other channels could be a way to stand out as well. So those are some suggestions there on how to use Google Trends to set yourself apart and find new ideas that maybe other people aren't covering yet. The second way to keep up on the trends is using a tool called Exploding Topics. And this is a freemium tool created by none other than SEO expert Brian Dean. You may recognize him as the founder of the popular SEO blog Backlinko. But basically, this tool analyzes search data and mentions across popular forums like Reddit, etc., to try and find trending topics as they're just starting to become popular so that you can capitalize on that emerging trend before everyone else. So you can play around with some of their data directly on the website, or you can sign up for their email list to receive weekly updates of trending topics. The email list is free, but they only reveal the data on topics that have already reached a certain popularity level. If you want access to the truly emerging topics, you have to sign up for their paid service, which costs anywhere from $47 to $97 per month, depending on your needs. I'm not super focused on trying to capitalize on trends in my business, so I'm not enrolled in the paid plan, but it is an option if that's an area of focus for you. Like if a key component of your brand is covering emerging news or products, or if you like to create products in emerging niches, for example. Just to give you a peek into the type of trending topics you might get alerted about, this week's trending topics I received via their free email digest included silvopasture, which I guess is a new type of sustainable agriculture, interdental brush, a new type of toothbrush that does a better job getting between your teeth, and sprout milk, an up-and-coming brand of pea milk. So perhaps if you're in the sustainability niche, silvopasture could be something you could talk about. Or if you're in the plant-based niche or maybe the pediatric niche, you could talk about this new brand of pea milk for your audience as well. And you can also just poke around on their website and look for things that are trending over the last three, six, 12 months, et cetera, within various categories. For example, in the food section, you might pay attention to growing topics of interest like pumpkin seed protein, a newer low FODMAP food brand called Foddy Foods, or even something random like sea moss gummies that have been growing in popularity. In the fashion section, you might notice that corduroy, ear cuffs, and Y2K outfits are trending, etc., etc. I wouldn't spend too much time procrastinating searching for ideas, but these tools can be a fun way to find new and emerging topics to talk about with your audience that maybe others have not really, you know, have had on their radar yet. Tip number two for standing out in your niche, pay attention to what people are talking about. So aside from using tools to monitor trends based on search data and mentions, you can do your own kind of monitoring just by staying plugged into consumer and professional spaces in your niche. So there are four tips I have for keeping up with what's being talked about in your space. Number one is to join Facebook groups and forums. This is probably one of the easiest ways to stay up to date on what people are discussing right now in your niche. 
hop over to Facebook and use the search bar to find groups that are focused on your area of expertise. And depending on whether you're trying to speak to and reach colleagues in your niche or if you're trying to reach lay people, you can probably find different groups targeting professionals or the general public. And I actually like to join both so that I can see what practitioners are focused on at the moment and what may become a larger topic in the future, and also what regular people interested in this topic are asking. What areas are they struggling with or seem to be extra confused about? Sometimes I'll use the topics people are asking about in these groups as keyword research ideas, or sometimes just topics that I might want to talk about on social media or in my email marketing to better serve and connect with them. For example, if I was looking for something to write about on my functional nutrition blog, I could pop into some of the functional nutrition Facebook groups I'm in and see what the hot topics of discussion are. Right now, I can see in one of the groups I'm in, people are talking about potential inaccuracies of the GI map test, so that could be something to discuss or add to any content that I might already have on that topic. From a more layperson perspective, I saw some questions about the best non-pasteurized fermented food brands. That could be something you could create content around, maybe not for SEO purposes if no one is specifically searching for that at any high volume, but maybe it could be part of an email opt-in offer or something like that where you share your favorite functional foods from the grocery store or something. Those are just two quick examples of how you can pay attention to hot topics happening around you to make sure you're aware of what's relevant and happening right now in your niche. And of course, if Facebook is not really your jam, you can also poke around on other types of forums like Reddit or Quora and do the same thing. Tip number two, pay attention to conference topics. So another tip you can use to stay abreast of hot topics in your niche is to pay attention to the agendas for conferences. Conferences do typically have a longer lag time, so they might not capture super breakout topics in your niche, but it might be a good way to double check that your content uh, on your platform is comprehensive and covers the variety of topics that may be relevant for your niche. Tip number three, read publications in your niche. That could be professional journals and publications or more laypeople publications. For example, if you are into pediatric nutrition, subscribe to the professional journals in your niche. You don't necessarily have to get the paper copies, but you can subscribe to get the table of contents emailed to you whenever a new issue comes out. That way, you can take note of any emerging research you might want to share in your space. And likewise, if there are any you know, print magazines or um, larger media sites that cover topics that are relevant to your niche that are geared towards more lay people, I would recommend signing up for their newsletters so you can keep up on anything that they are finding new and noteworthy at the moment as well. Number four is to set up Google Scholar alerts. So this is my final tip here on keeping your own ear to the ground to see what's, uh, what's being discussed. You can set up Google Scholar alerts for keywords related to your niche. So if you go to Google Scholar, which if you're not familiar is a tool you can use to look up research articles, uh, you can search within Google Scholar for certain terms like, let's say celiac, if that's your niche. Uh, so search for celiac within Google Scholar, and then when you're on the results page, on the left-hand side on the bottom, you will see a little button that says create alert. If you click that, it will create an alert for that keyword that you searched for, and then send you a roundup email every few days or so with any new research that's been published that includes that keyword. So that's a really great way to find new research right when it comes out so that you can share it with your audience. For example, back when I was publishing content within the Functional Nutrition Library, I found some really cool emerging research about gluten protease supplements that degrade gluten in the gut, 
and even some stuff on genetically engineered wheat that contains proteases that break down gluten. This was a few years ago, so I haven't kept up on it to see what came of those emerging developments. But um, at the time, I don't know that I would have run across that info as easily if I hadn't been keeping up on the literature at the time using strategies like these Google Scholar alerts. So I highly recommend this tip if your audience is interested in keeping up on the latest research in your niche. The third tip I have for standing out is look outside your niche for inspiration. And this is a really fun one. Sometimes we can develop tunnel vision within our space. We're just constantly bombarded with messaging from the same large accounts. And especially if you're newer in your space, you might feel that posting the same type of content as these other bigger platforms is the only way to succeed since those are the primary examples of success that are currently being presented in front of you. But there's so much value in getting creative and looking outside of your niche for inspiration as well. So for example, if you're in the IBS space and you create a lot of content around special diets, like maybe the low FODMAP diet, um, and maybe you're feeling like a little bit of a creative rut, can you branch out and look at other niches for some new perspective? Like get out of the low FODMAP bubble and check what other people are doing in other spaces. So maybe for example, just in your personal life, you've signed up as a subscriber for to receive emails from like a clothing company or something. Maybe they sent you this really fantastic holiday gift guide that you were like, wow, this is great. And I'm totally going to buy something on here as a gift for someone. Could that spark an idea for you? Could you perhaps create an IBS holiday gift guide or a low FODMAP gift guide or something along those lines? Or, you know, maybe you've really been enjoying reality TV memes online in your personal feed. Well, could you start creating funny memes for your niche that might go viral and grow your audience? Or maybe you really like some content in the baby-led weaning space. Like, I've seen a lot of stuff where they show visual suggestions of how to cut or prepare foods for babies of different ages. Hey, could you adapt that strategy to the low FODMAP space? Like, maybe you can make some nice graphics that visually show the portion sizes of various foods that are considered low FODMAP. Or, you know, demo some low FODMAP swaps for uh, popular ingredients or recipes. Like, Or maybe you're really enjoying an app or a membership site from another niche. Could you create something like that to serve the needs of your audience? The sky is the limit here, so get creative. Tip number four, build a brand, not just a website. So always make sure that you're trying your best to build an actual brand that provides value and solves a problem in your space. If you enter into your business thinking that you're just, in quotation marks, starting a blog or just starting an Instagram or just starting a YouTube channel, it's really easy to do one of two things. Number one, you could accidentally create content that's really more for you, like a personal journal or just a collection of your thoughts or a collection of your favorite recipes versus a resource that truly helps someone. And the second thing it's easy to do is to get too hyper-focused on maybe one specific strategy, like using SEO to gain website visitors or, you know, some new um, trend on TikTok where you're posting some trending video to get more followers. But you end up, you know, losing track of the bigger picture of why your brand or your website or your platform exists in the first place. And what would make someone think, oh, wow, like I need to save this this site or this brand to come back to it again and again. Really sit down and think about your unique selling point. You know, what makes you unique? What value are you adding to the world? What is the point of your brand's existence? 
And if you can't answer those questions, there's definitely some work to do. And it's okay if you don't have all the answers right now, but make sure that you're actively working on finding those answers and not just burying your head in the sand and creating content without a clear vision on why you are doing so. And you want to know if you are actually doing a good job building a brand? Try typing your brand name into a keyword research tool or even just within Google with the Keywords Everywhere Google Chrome extension turned on. And see if you are getting enough monthly searches to register as a keyword within these tools. For example, this brand, The Unconventional RD, gets 90 searches a month. My old membership site, The Functional Nutrition Library, still gets 30 searches per month, even though I haven't been running it for two years now. And the accompanying blog, Functional Nutrition Answers, is still searched 20 times per month. My name, Erica Jolson, gets 90 searches per month, and my name plus Functional Nutrition Library gets another 20 searches per month. So while the overall monthly search volumes are relatively low, this is still a great sign to Google that what I'm doing matters to people and that people are going out of their way to specifically find what I'm creating. So if you look up your name or your brand name and nothing comes up, like the search volume is showing zero, Don't worry, you can still get there. This is just a signal that you need to work more on your visibility. How can you get your brand in front of more people? Hint, hint, SEO, and using some strategies to help you get in front of other people's audiences, like doing more podcast interviews or media mentions, for example, are great ways to accomplish this. Uh, And honestly, dream big. There are many dietitians who run brands that get thousands of Google searches for that specific website or brand or name every single month. So it's definitely an achievable goal and something you can consciously work on improving. Another fun thing you can try to do as part of building your brand is to try and create original data that people can cite and link back to when they're creating their content. So for example, if you have a large audience of people following a vegan diet, perhaps you could survey that audience every year and compile data or a report that then you can share widely in an effort to get backlinks. So some fun ways that I have seen this done, Social Media Examiner publishes an annual report every year on the state of social media marketing, and they try to capture data on the platforms and strategies that are currently trending or even losing popularity amongst digital marketers. Uh, Food Blogger Pro puts out an annual Food Blogger survey, and then they share that data in a report to summarize some of the stats on what it's like to be a food blogger right now, like what's the most popular monetization streams, how are people getting traffic, uh, how many hours do people work each week, how much money are people making, et cetera, et cetera. ConvertKit similarly puts out a survey to collect information on how people are using email marketing each year. I've even seen people use that Google Trends tool to compile original data on things like which Thanksgiving recipes people are searching for the most in each state within the U.S. Then they made some sort of eye-catching infographic and then pitched that to the media, and it got picked up by a bunch of news outlets. And the person who created that original data probably got a bunch of great backlinks from that. So don't be afraid to get creative and allow your brand to be known for something, something that's worth telling your friends about. That's the key to growing both with your digital marketing uh, tactics, but also organically through word of mouth. And finally, my last tip for standing out in your niche is to keep experimenting. Resist the urge to stay safe or become stagnant. There's so much fun and excitement in trying new things in your business. Let go of the stress and the need for everything to be perfect. If you have an idea for a new type of content or offer or message, go for it. Test it out in the real world and see how it goes. 
Sure, not everything you try will be a success, but that's totally okay. Get comfortable with trying new things and then leaning into what works. You might be surprised at what resonates, and you would never have known if you didn't try. Some ways to get creative include playing around with your email marketing tactics or list building strategies, trying out new marketing, advertising, or launch tactics, and of course, staying up to date with cutting edge SEO strategies. So of course, I have to end this episode with a plug for my SEO course, SEO Made Simple, because it's an awesome place to stay up to date with what's working for people right now with SEO. In fact, someone in the students group this week just shared an example of how she recently started a new super niched food blog just two months ago and already has gotten over 15,000 visits to her site in the last 30 days. And like half of that is from Google organic search. So being in the same room as people who are doing big and exciting things online can be super inspiring and perhaps even spark some ideas for you that weren't on your radar. I also host monthly office hour calls for students in my course where we talk about SEO current events and go into a lot of depth, answering people's questions, giving feedback on content, and demoing the latest techniques for content creation, keyword research, schema, backlink analysis, etc. So if you're interested in learning more about SEO as a wellness professional and are looking to join a group of over 750 professionals who are also growing their web presence through blogging, I invite you to put your name on my course waitlist at seowaitlist.com. I have a rolling enrollment set up for the course depending on when you add your name to the list. So you'll typically get an email with an opportunity to join the course within a few weeks of adding your name to the list. It's not like you have to wait months and months for an opportunity to get in typically. So definitely add your name if you wanna learn more. And again, that is available at seowaitlist.com. And that's it for today. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.